0: Welcome to School of the Rock, a podcast about faith, culture, and evangelization. My name is Father Bobby Blood. I am here with Asenovich, but it's not Nick. We have with us Sarah Sentovich. Sarah, how are we doing? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Good to be
1: on the podcast.
0: So Sarah is uh, Nick's younger sister, and uh, we're good pals. And uh, she was more free than Nick, and also <laughs> more eloquent, and probably prays more often. Uh, and so I asked if she'd hop on. She is... Currently a student at Northern Illinois University. Go Huskies. Go Huskies. So we thought we could talk a little bit maybe about that section of the church. Talk a little bit uh, about college life in the faith. But before we get there, uh, what is your favorite thing about Nick Senevich?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, One is tough to pick one.
0: (laughs) Right. It's such a a long list. (laughs) Tens and twenties of things I love about Nick.
1: Um, one of my favorite things about Nick is sometimes he can get a little, when things don't go his way, he can get a little feisty at times, but his apologies are Nick has a great apology and it it is interesting to see him kind of reconcile with everyone. And And you believe it?
0: He seems for like, uh, Oh, I believe him. He's sorry.
1: He's sorry. Or I'll make him sorry.
0: (laughs) That's, that's family, you know. That's family. There's
1: nothing, there's nothing better than it, I think.
0: Yeah, I would say my favorite thing about Nick is his style.
1: Nick, fun fact about Nick Sentevich: um, he did wear these bright yellow shoes.
0: I love those shoes. Were
1: they in? Were they in high school? I think so. Okay, and and they were. Nick has massive feet, and um, they're they're pretty. They were pretty ugly. Pretty. They look
0: like Big Bird's feet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I love Big Bird. Who doesn't
0: love we're Big Bird? We're not making fun of it. We're no. We're just naming it.
1: It's We're naming and claiming for Nick.
0: For Nick. That those delightful shoes.
1: They were rough. They were rough to say the least. And then he had another pair of maroon shoes that were equally, nah, you can't beat the yeah, yellow.
0: You can't beat the yellow. Yeah. Wonderful. So that's a great place to start. That, <laughs> basically, that's just to make sure that Nick actually listens to the, through the podcast as he edits it for us.
1: Love you, Nick. Uh,
0: so, Sarah, uh, just like Nick and I, you went to Boylan High School- I did. It's a great place. Uh, then you went to Franciscan University. Could you tell us a little about the discernment process? So, what did it look like trying to find, figure out where am I going to college? Um, why did you pick Franny?
1: Sure. I um, so my parents actually met at Franciscan, and that's how I initially knew about it. And kind of all growing up, they really wanted one of us siblings to go there. And each one—I have three older siblings—so each one of my siblings didn't. And I, growing up, thought it was a joke, like, oh my gosh, absolutely, I would never go there. Um, but then as I kind of went through high school and started growing closer to Jesus and and having my faith be more integrated into my life, I started seriously considering going there. Um, I know that there I've been to a couple of Steubenville conferences there. So youth conferences that they hold every summer. I went a couple times during my high school and I really started falling in love with um, the people there and just the atmosphere. I was able to um, go to a retreat there for a week on campus. And that was the, one of the main uh, places that I started to seriously consider it. And so my senior year, I didn't really. I only applied to one other school, and Franciscan really stood out to me because I knew I wanted a place where Jesus would be at the center of not only my life, but also the lives of my professors and the people around me. So um, that was kind of the driving factor.
0: And, and you said the atmosphere was one of those things that drew you in first. Could you describe mm-hmm. that? So what, what, what do you mean by that? What was the thing that you noticed on this retreat about this campus or that kind of was like, oh, there's something here?
1: the university is very welcoming very very welcoming so when when you're on campus people a lot of people are saying hi or if you're when i first got to campus or even on this retreat people were always asking saying hello making eye contact being really friendly and not in uh in a fake way um but in a genuine like i'm genuinely wanting to hear about you and your life and whatever. Um, and so that was a definitely something that I hadn't really seen before on a college campus. And so I was really, I felt very welcome and it felt very much like home for me.
0: And so you went there for what, a year, right?
1: I went there for basically a, a semester and a half because... Because
0: i the what do they call uh, the Pandy Wandy? The Pandy
1: Wandy, if the, you will. The, the
0: pandemic sure. happened.
1: Pandemic and happened. so then
0: you came home. I did. How was that transition?
1: Um, It was it was tough. I So I was on campus for a full semester, then came back for a month for Christmas break and then went back to school the, the you know, spring of 2020. And I was only on campus until, you know, middle of March. And I the week before everything shut down, I was actually on a mission trip in Arizona. Um, that was our spring break. And so we found out on one of the um, Franciscan friars that was with us, he was the vice president of academic affairs or something like that. Sounds legit. I know. He was, shout out Father Andre. And he was kind of basically telling us that like, things aren't really, you know, try to stay positive, but like here are some of the things that are going on on campus. And so once we got back, we literally had two days to pack all of our stuff together and and go back. And so definitely my second semester, I was starting to get my feet on the ground and kind of finding my way and meeting new people and doing different things at school. And so I was really bummed, um, you know, having to go back to back home to Rockford. And so that was definitely a tough transition, especially, you know, my, this was my, you know, second, only second semester taking college classes, learning how to do that online that, you know, and, and I wasn't alone in doing that, but it was definitely hard because I just was excited to be on my own. I was learning how to, you know, be a little bit more independent, being away from my family. And then to kind of have to like, it felt like I took two steps re, forward. a
0: reversion. Yeah. Yeah. One step back. And so just like the rest of the world, you're kind of thrown into the situation of we don't really know what's going on in the world. You're in a time of transition in general. I feel like most of college feels like a transition because it goes so fast. You think like, oh, the first semester, like that's a transition time. Well, no, four years go so quickly. So much happens. Um, So we'll just kind of speed through COVID because Mm -hmm. um, I think everyone knows, listen to the podcast, what we did. I was here every day for dinner. And uh, we'd go for walks with with Nikki, and uh, it was a great time in some ways. Uh, but then you decide, okay, the pandemic's kind of, we're, we're coming out, we see the light at the end of the tunnel, and, and right here is why I kind of wanted to talk to you, because then you didn't go back to Franciscan, you went to NIU, more of a secular situation, maybe you wouldn't say the same sort of atmosphere draw that you had towards Franciscan. So... What does it look like at NIU now, especially in regards to the faith? So now you're not in kind of that bubble. Where have you met the Lord?
1: Yeah, so I'd say it has definitely been a transition, still again in that transition period, even though I'm have one semester of college left, uh being on NIU, being on campus at NIU. Um it's, it's been very different. It's yeah, definitely secular school, um, which I'm, I'm really grateful for having the opportunity to be surrounded by people who have different opinions than me and to be able to listen and to be able to see where people are coming from. Now, that being said, it is difficult to kind of in certain regards to be in a space where what I believe isn't always appreciated or welcomed or seen as, a good opinion to have. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, in one of my classes, people were bashing on the Catholic Church and the faith and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's kind of something that you have to deal with. But in, in that sense, in like the classroom setting, it's it's I've found it really helpful to have people who have different opinions than me because it's been very eye opening. But with that, it's also really helpful. NIU has a, a Newman Center, so. Um, a place where Catholic students can come and hang out and go to mass and yeah, just be with each other in community, which has been a safe haven truly. So it's been really great to have that support system on campus while being able to then go out and kind of stand firm and in my faith, um, whether that looks like, you know, smiling at somebody or, you know, actually having a conversation with somebody just about asking about their day doesn't have to be religious, but there is definitely a shift um, and a difference on campus faith wise for sure.
0: Right. And and I love that you brought up those, those opportunities in class where you're encountering people who have maybe a different experience because no matter what field you enter into for work, any of us, you're going to deal with a wide array of people right in a dream world we would work with people who uh, line up with everything we believe and it would be so easy and wonderful and beautiful Uh, i work in the catholic church i don't even get that (laughs) the people i talk to on sunday and mass don't all agree on the same things right and so it's a i think it's a good lesson to learn okay i can listen and learn and kind of bide our time um, and then maybe enter into dialogue later on if if i see like an opening um, this is kind of a broad question, so you can kind of take it wherever you want, but is there a certain way where you felt cared for by the church in like a practical sort of way? I know you love practicals. Is there any like practical way that, you know, during these college years, whether it's at Franciscan or NIU, where you, you felt like, wow, the church actually provided for a need?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think I would say... Especially um, well, both places, Franciscan and and NIU, I would say the availability of the sacraments um, has been really helpful for me, especially the sacrament of confession. Um, Obviously, there are times where we all slip up and need that grace and need the forgiveness of Jesus. And it's been really cool to... There are two priests at the Newman Center at NIU, and each one of them have shared with me and, and other students and parishioners how much they love um, per- performing the sacrament of confession. Mm-hmm. They both really love it and love the opportunities to witness the love and the mercy of Jesus. Um, and for me as a student, it has it really helpful to see two, you know, men that are, have given their lives to us, the church, wanting us to participate in and to receive that gift because it is such a gift. And that has just been a constant throughout my years, no matter where I was, which I'm really grateful for, whether that be Franciscan or NIU, that I was that I've been able to, um, readily receive the sacraments and they have mass every day as well at I which is
0: late too. all five. Those guys, that's my whole thing. Anytime I talk to any of these guys who work in colleges, oh, I'm so overworked. You can get up at 11. <laughs> what? Oh, but we stay up late. Well, you stay up until what, 10.30 playing ping pong? Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a sweet gig they've got going. We get up. We play games. We have taco parties. I don't know what you people do, but uh, I'm just kidding. I'm sure those guys work hard. I don't see it, but I'm sure they <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they work hard. Um, it kind of makes me think uh, we just had our graduation for for the high school, and so I was kind of working on my homily and praying for the students, and um, just thinking about the future of the church. Um, there's so much potential, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we miss that. The um, lo- looking at those graduates, I-, I don't know how many of them you know, or devoutly spending time in prayer every day. We're just going to be realistic. There's some, and yet there's so much hope in the newness of like, I know they're taking another step who knows who they're going to meet at their college. Who knows what their Newman center is going to look like, but I was just so hopeful. And then to see the pride on their family's faces to see like they've made gradual steps through high school. Um, And if there's anybody who's like maybe older and maybe looks at the the future of the church with like a a despair, I just want to like point at that and say there is hope and there is something new because there's a tendency to say like, oh, the world is going to hell in the handbasket. Everything's falling apart. Young people are crazy up is down and down is up and everything's backwards. And, and frankly, there's a lot of that where it's just kind of like, okay, we're going <laughs> to toss reason, got it. Um, but there are just pockets of people who are striving for real virtue. And that doesn't just look like a cookie cutter sort of vocation, right? Oh, this this is a nun, this is a priest, they, they get it. But to see like college kids who are actually like bought into the program and even these high school students to say like, oh, there's something happening. I feel like there's a renewal. Um, even like Pope Francis, right? So right now he uses phrases like a listening church or the synod on the synod. And just realizing like young people need to have a voice um, because that's, that's who's going to move us forward and continue to spread the gospel. Um, is there any way that you feel like the church could support you better as a young person, as a college student, as, as a daughter of the father, is there some way that, that maybe the church could provide more or some way that you, you wish that um, you could kind of maybe find more support?
1: I think you brought up a great point saying about what Pope Francis said, you know, having a voice as, as a young person. And I think that, and as, especially as a woman in the faith, Uh, I think it's important that we have a platform or at least some way that we can kind of share our thoughts and feelings about what's going on and how we're experiencing the church. Because I know that, I mean, in, in my experience, I haven't really found a ton of places where, I mean, I can talk to you or, you know, talk to other priests that I know, but I think that there are times where I feel like, Oh man, like, I think this is a cool idea or I think that we could maybe do this better. Or I see that this is kind of lacking. What have we thought about other ways that we could, you know, make this better? And I, and I don't know if I feel like there's a ton of place mm. where I could kind of share my thoughts and feelings, but um, you know, there's always room for improvement. And Right.
0: I, I think that's a, a sort of normal experience in the sense of we're all trying to find that place where we can actually like make an effect. Yeah. Because I think there's a difference between change happening and being heard. And sometimes it's hard to to make that division. Because if I don't see immediate change, I can feel like I'm not being heard. And I personally, I get so frustrated because I'm like, didn't you hear me? I had a way to get out of that situation. right? I had a solution and you just kind of like balked at it. Well, maybe they heard me and they're, you know, to, to, to be like Our Lady, pondering their heart or whatever. But but it is, like, I think it's such an innate desire, especially for somebody who's on fire for the faith, yeah. maybe even in a community where there's not a lot of you, uh, to feel like, man, change isn't happening. So does the church hear me? Does the Lord hear me? And I think the hope would be that, that there are those pockets. Maybe that's something to pray for. So is there anything in particular that you've seen in your parishes that are actually effective? Where have you actually met Jesus in like a normal parish sort of setting? Where's prayer been positive? Where has, where have you met the Lord? What's, what's actually worked?
1: I think one of the things that, um, we did over Lent is that they did, well, this isn't, I'm not speaking particularly in my experience, but they did, our parish did a Lenten Bible, adult Bible study. And I thought that that was really great. Um, I haven't seen that personally in my home parish. This Mm -hmm. was at, and I use so I thought that that was really cool that they provided an opportunity for the adults to get together and they split it between males and females but I thought that that was really awesome but in my um personal experience I think that um having an adoration chapel has been really imperative for my mm-hmm. prayer life and also we have praise and worship every Wednesday together for the college students with confession. And I think that that is also another way, an awesome way that Jesus has showed up just to spend time in front of him because that's, that's to, to let the gaze of Jesus kind of come upon me. And it's just, it's so important in my life and in my prayer that I am seeing the father and I'm seeing his heart and let him, you know, do the rest, just kind of receive from him
0: what's wild about that is it's so simple. So when, when I'm, I'm on so many committees everywhere and, and everybody's trying to come up with the perfect program, they're trying to come up with the perfect plan. What's the, what's the, the next best way to quote unquote form intentional disciples. And it's like, okay, uh, Jesus has been doing it for forever. How about we just look what he did and just copy it. Right. We're the <laughs> Catholic church. You just copy what's good. Uh, but I, I want to point out two things. One, the prime of place of the sacramental life. So that's what I heard you say. And the other thing I heard you say was uh, to have a place for small groups or community. And people talk about that, right? Small groups are really important. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but we don't want to make it weird. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get really close to the sun here and maybe ruffle some feathers. But sometimes individual parishes might have an opportunity to do something incredible and then it gets weird. Right? So you have like the idea, I want people to have a safe place to gather and be honest about their experience. And then sometimes it kind of gets into that zone of it's people with weird or odd experiences or opinions, uh, fueling that same fire instead of an opportunity where somebody on the outside might be able to come in and feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. adoration might be intimidating for somebody on the outside a bible study doesn't sound intimidating excuse me intimidating but if the conversation gets too heady or too specific or um and, and maybe you can speak to that in your experience with like college students how do we how do we bridge that gap or how do you think we can actually cast the net wide instead of just focusing on the sheep that are here how how could we go out and find those sheep that are lost and give them a place where they can be themselves.
1: I think it's really important that you, it starts with the relationship and it starts with no agenda because sometimes, some, sometimes what I found, even within like my own circle of friends, they come to me with an agenda. They reach out to me and go, Hey Sarah, how's it going? Do you want to come to this? Or have you signed up for this yet? Or are you doing this? Or, you know, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. They come with an agenda. And that to me, who's already someone who's bought into the faith and loves Jesus and is trying my best, that's off putting to me. And like, I'm already, I'm wanting to follow Jesus. So for me, it's the thing that seems most effective is you just got to form a relationship because they're not gonna if someone if someone came up to me and was like hey do you want to come to a retreat in a really weird church basement and where you know nobody and i'm gonna be like absolutely not go away you stop earning my time it's not gonna happen unless unless you have that rapport with them beforehand and you trust them and you you genuinely want to get to know them as a person and not just an, a, a oh we got another one you mm-hmm. know a you know a box to check Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we got another person. And so that to me seems like the best way to do it. And whether that's, you know, in the student center, whether that's in line at coffee, you just turn around and say, hey, how's it going? Or you actually like look the barista in the eye and say hello and say your name and ask them how they're doing. Hey, I
0: love your purple hair, right? (laughs)
1: Right, (laughs) exactly. Hey, Kevin, what's up? Or, you know whatever that may be, you're at, you're at the bar and, you know, someone is, someone wants to buy you a drink and whatever you say, Hey, how's it going?
0: Bingo, They give their whole heart to Jesus. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm hearing.
1: Whether, and don't underestimate the power of Jesus because whether, wherever you are, he can, he can make things work. And whether you're at the bar or at a coffee shop, it doesn't matter. And so I think that there's something to be said about connecting with another human being, with no agenda.
0: Yeah. For their sake. Yeah. Right? And that's a, that's a hard thing because mm-hmm. if you do have in the back of your mind, well, I want to evangelize, or I want to get them involved with the Newman center. Or, I want them to be a part of the parish or, or even for a lot of folks, it's, I, I want to get them back to Sunday mass, right? I want to, get, why, why don't they go I want. There's always this idea or this golden calf of an idea that we, we place If I could do that, then I'll be successful. If I could do that thing, then, then I've beat the game. But then we sort of lost maybe the simplicity of the heart of the gospel, right? How often, especially towards the end, or or even you know when Jesus rose from the dead and spoke to his his apostles, such human advice. I, I've been moved this Easter season that the apostles knew nothing, like nothing. I, I'm reading through Acts, the apostles, and the gospel at the same time, right? Every day for daily readings, and so in the gospel, Jesus is like. Um, remain in my love, love your neighbor. Oh, okay, that seems great. I'm in, I'm, I I told Jesus, I buy in, I, I agree with that. But he didn't say, hey, Paul, my guy, you're gonna have to go to Antioch and be stoned and then get up and walk back into the town, right? He didn't give them that sort of specific step-by-step process. The message of Jesus is very simple. God created human beings out of love, for love, in love, and he just wants to be with them forever, full stop. Not if, you know, I want you to love this person if they check this box or agree with me here or fit in my inner circle, then love me, right? It's it's just so simple, hard to do, but very, very simple. And I think maybe that's an invitation for us both In both of our roles in the church, so myself as a priest, you as a faithful lay Catholic, especially in such a delicate places as as a college campus, just to to maybe try and spread that, not by way of like words or berating people who quote unquote do it wrong or make it more complicated, but instead to like to mirror that. I've seen that even in my own community. So I just moved towns like a year ago, and sometimes people are like confused or. I would even say like resentful or angry when I'm pleasant because they don't believe it. Like, no, it it is what you think it is. I'm, I got nothing, you know, I'm just trying to like live the life.
1: And I think that's something too that I'm so grateful for by being at NIU is this, this opportunity, not that I didn't have it at Franciscan, but it is just a different way um, of loving people or a different a group of people that I get to encounter because, you know, a majority of them don't have the same opinions that I do. Um, And I have this opportunity to really learn what it's like to, to maybe disagree with someone, but that doesn't mean I hate them or to be in dialogue with somebody and to really, to learn how to really listen instead of think about, Oh my gosh, like what do I have to say? I need to say the right thing. I need to do the right thing. I want, but that's the thing too, is we have, as a Catholic, we have a, an important role. We, we might be their only, you know, we might be the face of the church for them. And we have to, I have to be, I feel, you know, pressure and I have to be careful about what I say because I want them to have a positive experience with the church. I don't want them coming away from my conversation that we have feeling worse or feeling, Oh my gosh, like she was so unbelievably, you know, intolerant and exclusive or whatever, blah, 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 like insensitive. Mm -hmm. So that's also a thing that I am mindful of, you know, but I do, I am grateful of this opportunity to, to learn what it is, what it means to, to love people who are different than me. And I think that's a, that's a gift.
0: And I think right there is our invitation towards the future. If, If I can see one thing where we as a church family have to to really be on our toes with is um, being able to see another person and even knowing that there's something wrong, broken, sinful, aggressive, angry about them and still saying that's still someone that God has chosen. And I think that's exactly what you've been getting at. And what's beautiful is you and I have both experienced that that care from the church. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Not saying it's always been perfect, but we have experienced great generosity from the Lord. And now I feel him inviting both us and probably many of the people listening to this podcast into that next step. What is the way in which the Lord is calling me to be that hand of friendship right, that we talk about so often with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a great place for us to start. But as always, we we can't end without a recommendation. So Sarah, you have a recommendation, something totally different.
1: So my recommendation, I, I'm going to cheat and do a two-parter Just like Nick last week. This oh. was...
0: I love it. Two-parter it up. I'm
1: going to two-parter it. One, The Last Dance, um, the Michael Jordan documentary.
0: Came out six years ago. Love the brand new recommendation.
1: (laughs) Well, it's something totally new and different. Um, But yes, it's on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it, it's unbelievably fantastic. I am slightly obsessed with Michael Jordan. So that'd be my first one. And then my second one is Banana Chocolate Chip Muffins. I just made them with my friend Brooke. Shout out Brooke! Brooke's a bro. Brooke's a bro, and they were absolutely fantastic. Heavy on the chocolate chips. You know what I'm saying? So
0: light on the muffin.
1: Light on the muffin. <laughs> yeah. So those are my two recommendations this week. Uh,
0: do they have to be together, or could you pick one if you wanted to? Could you have the muffin with the last dance, or is it- oh,
1: I think it's encouraged. Encouraged. Yeah, I think the one of the the you're gonna have the best outcome of watching the last dance while eating a muffin chocolate banana chocolate chip and vice versa
0: right and spreading the good news and spreading the good news all at one time amen wonderful sarah well thanks for coming on you
1: have to do your recommendation
0: no there's only one only one that's you and you (laughs) took two so that's nice we've doubled up (laughs) we're gonna have so many recommendations by the end of (laughs) this podcast all of you are gonna i thought
1: it was a both and
0: nope it's all about you we we, we switch off every week and so much i listen to I know most people listen to the first four minutes because of the intro, which is great stuff. The little little soft music we have now, it's brand new. Check it out. Uh, I know people shut it off at some point. But, uh, and, and if we've all forgotten, Nick again would like to recommend taking a walk or uh, watching West Side Story for the ninth time. He, he also doesn't listen to our podcast. Uh, with Sarah, it's been good. Know my prayers for you and uh, prayers for your community.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: you